Turn your Bibles, please, to the book of uh, the book of Luke, uh, chapter ten. This morning, back in Luke, and it's interesting that the book uh, of Luke, it, the chapter ten, really begins the same way that chapter nine began, and that is Jesus sending people out. Jesus sending people out to prepare the way for his ministry to let people know that he is coming to let him know, let them know that the kingdom of God is near and uh, they need to get ready and it's very uh it's very fitting that these verses uh appear here again during this time of uh during this time of season because it points to two things that I think that we need to to realize uh in this uh in this message and that is first of all if we'll notice in chapter uh, 9 he sends out 12. In other words, he sends out the 12 apostles, those ones that he has chosen to be his, his special witnesses, the ones that would have the charge of uh, building and establishing the church after he has, uh, after he has ascended to, to heaven. But we notice in chapter 10, the number has increased from 12 to 72. In other words, he's sending out his regular disciples, if you will, and so the message that we need to understand that this morning, and it's very important for us to understand this morning, is that the, the work of going out and telling other people about Jesus, the going out and doing the ministry work, the going out and doing the work of the kingdom of God, is it just for the special professional preachers? Is it just for the deacons? Is it just for a certain class of people? But it's for all of us who claim the name of Jesus. It is our work, and it's our responsibility to be sent out to go out and to tell the world about Jesus. Because I know that it's comfortable for us, just like it was comfortable for them, to just sort of gather around Jesus and to just sort of suck in all the things that he was bringing to them and to just enjoy all the things that was happening around Jesus and, and But we have to realize that what God has really called us to do is to take what Jesus has shown us and to take what Jesus has done for us and share it with the world around us. And so it's very important for us to see this increase in number from 12 to 72 and to realize that Jesus is calling all of us to go out. And it's also a sobering reminder of where we find ourselves as a church. And I'm not just talking about this church specifically, but I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ as we find ourselves here in the South and as we find ourselves here in America. And what I want us to do is I want us to take a look around us. I want you to look to your left, and I want you to look in front of you, and I want you to look behind me, and I want you to notice, first of all, how ugly their hair is, all right? Everybody got messed up hair this morning. No, but what I want you to notice is all the empty seats. I want you to notice all the empty pews, and you could do the same thing regardless of what church you were in this morning. You could look around, and you can just see that there aren't many people that are within the church of God, and we keep selling ourselves. We say, well, I guess Christians just aren't interested anymore about Jesus. I guess people just are rather going out and watching football. They're rather go out 
honey than to come into church of God. And we say that to ourselves. But what we really have to understand and what we may have to really come to accept in our hearts, in our lives, is maybe they aren't Christians at all. Maybe they don't know Jesus at all. You know, for a while, churches were full of people who believed in Christ Jesus. And it was the same as it was uh, for us as it was back then. You know, you have people who get fired up by Jesus and it feels in the church. But then all of a sudden that sort of goes away and you get to a group of people that are here just because their parents made them come. Basically because their mama made them come, their daddy made them come, other grandparents made them come, but they're here just because they were told to come and they had to be there. And you go further on down to where they're here just because of <clears throat> tradition, because they feel it's culturally acceptable to be here. They've come because it just seems good for people to be in the house of God and religion is sort of important. But that doesn't very last very long. And just as Jesus told in the parable of the seeds and the sowers, once the things of life start interfering with those things, they slowly start fading away because they never were a part of it in the first place. And what we need to understand is that as we see these empty pews, is to understand that they are gone and they're not coming back. They're not coming back for a barbecue. They're not coming back for a VBS. They're not coming back for a better preacher. They're not coming back because they never were apart. And I'm not talking about specific people. I'm talking about the condition of the church as a whole together is that there have just been so many people that have been hanging on for the state of tradition, and now that that tradition is gone, they don't come back. And what we're faced with is that we have to go out and tell people about Jesus because they don't know. All they know of them as a tradition. All they know about them is what Granny told to them, but they don't know Jesus personally in their hearts and in their lives, and that's why they're not here. So we have to go through the process of getting up and going outside. And that's what Jesus is talking about this morning. And I know a lot of us don't want to get up and go outside because it's nice and comfortable in here, isn't it? Well, I know some of y'all saying it's too hot in here. The other half of y'all saying it's too cold in here. But, you know, we like staying inside because the pews are comfortable. We like staying inside because we all get along with each other. We like staying inside because we all like being in the comfort. But what we have to understand that as part of Jesus' disciple, as part of being in him, our role and our place isn't just in here, but it's going outside. Shirley, could you turn that pulpit off for me? Thank you. And... Uh, it's the part of it is going up outside. And so as we read these verses this morning, I want us to think about the things that Jesus tells us about what it's like going outside. And so let's read together the book of Luke chapter 10. And it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others 
And he sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no money bags, no knapsack, no sandals, nor greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter in first, stay. Uh, say, peace be with this house. And if, the, and if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to him and remain in, in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserve his wages. Do not go from the house to house. Whatever you enter a town and receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick, and in it say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever you enter a town, and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings on our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and heart, how it guides us. Lord, and I pray that as we read and we think on these scriptures for a few minutes this morning, Lord, you open our hearts. Lord, to where you have called us to. Lord, it's good that we have this church. Lord, it's good to have that we have this place to come and to worship you. Lord, it's good that we have these friends that we could call and we could rely on with the things uh, of our hearts and our lives and as we go through the ups and downs. But Lord, your goal, your goal Lord, is to, to grow your church. Your, your goal is that everyone may hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, may we be encouraged this morning to go outside to where the lost sheep dwell and bring them into your house. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. He tells us a few things about going outside, and he wants to, them to know a few things. The first thing that he wants them to understand is that this job, this task, is bigger than you. And we know that because what's the first thing that he tells them to do? As he's sending out the 72, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He says, man, there's so many people that I want to bring into my kingdom. There's so many people that I want to experience the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but I'm having this shortage of laborers, just like all the uh, just like the regular workforce is suffering, it seems like nobody wants to get out and work. And it's just the same way in the church of Jesus Christ that nobody wants to get out and work. And so I want you to pray, he says, that the Lord will raise up, though he will send out laborers to go into the harvest. Now I want you to notice this. There used to be 12 and now we got 72 more that are going out, but that's still not enough. And what he wants us to see and he wants us to realize is that this task of bringing people to Jesus Christ is more of a burden than we can handle. So what we need to do is we need to pray to, and he's described here, God is described here as the Lord 
of the harvest. In other words, he's responsible, ultimately responsible for bringing people to Jesus. He's ultimately responsible for bringing people to God. He's just using us as the vessel. So we should not put on our shoulders the weight of somebody coming to Jesus Christ, but the only thing that we should place on our shoulders is what he has called us to do, what our role is, and that is to go and share the message of Jesus Christ. A lot of times we'll up. Uh, We'll put big burdens on our shoulders and we'll make tasks so big in our lives and they're so big and we make them so large that we don't do it because we say we can't do it in our power because we're trying to do things that God has not called us to do. We're trying to do things that God says that it's his job to do. It's his job to save people. It's his job to rule this world. It's his job to raise up kings and to destroy kingdoms. Those things are the big things that God is to do. But what our job is to do is to go tell people about Jesus and pray that the Lord of the harvest would work through, would work through us. So we need to realize that this task is bigger than me, and it's bigger than you, and it's all up to God. And the only way that we will accomplish anything is through the power of God. And so in everything that we do, regardless of what it is, we seek God's power and we seek God's strength because apart, of him, apart from him, we can do nothing. And the second thing that he wants us to realize is what type of environment that we're going to find ourselves in. And listen to what he says. I'm sending you out as, as lambs among wolves. That's probably not a good place to be, is it? He's sending us out as sheep among wolves. He's sending us out as lambs among wolves. In other words, we're going to find ourselves in hostile territory. We're going to find ourselves surrounded by people who just want to eat and to devour us. And that's another reason why we got to pray is because we find ourselves in hostile territory. And so what we need to accept in our heart, in our lives, is that the world around us is never going to be completely friendly to the message of Jesus Christ. The world around us is never going to be acceptable to the word of God. And Jesus told his disciples very plainly as he uh, as he prayed for them in John 7, and he said, look, they rejected you. Look how they treated me. They're going to treat you just like they treated me, with rejection and with suspicion, with suspicion and with always wanting to attack and always wanting to destroy and always wanting to, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to discredit. And so we have to realize we have to realize the type of environment that he sends us to. And so that's going to cause them to do a few things. And that's what he tells them as he sends them off. He says, look, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to go your way. I mean, um, he says, I want you to carry, in verse 4, he says, carry no, uh, carry no money bag or no knapsack, no sandals, or greet no one on 
the way. Jesus told them in this specific of sending out, he said, I don't want you to carry no money bag, which would be where your money is, of course. Don't carry your knapsack, which would be where their food is. Don't carry an extra set of clothes. Don't uh, carry an extra pair of sandals. Why? Because I want you to learn to lean on me and to trust me for your provision. Isn't it something we go out to do something for the Lord? We go out to do something for other people. We go out on a mission to people to supposedly tell lost people about him. We go out to minister to someone who obviously in need. And the Lord uses that to grow us as much as it does them. Isn't that amazing how that works? And so what the Lord says to us is that, look, you're going to learn something. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to use this opportunity to teach you and to show you. I want you to take, don't worry, take no money bag. Don't take no knapsack. Don't tear no extra set of clothes or nothing like that because I'm going to care for all your needs because I want to use this not just as an opportunity to reach lost people, but I want it to use it as an opportunity to grow you and to get to trust me. He says, as you go outside, you got to learn. You got to learn to trust my provision. And then he says, I want you to learn. I want you to learn to stay focused. He said, don't talk, don't greet nobody on the road. In other words, you have an objective and you need to stay focused on it. So as you're going down to the town, you're going exactly where I want you to go and you're gonna see some people on the road and they're gonna wanna talk to you. They wanna talk about this and that, but I don't want you to stop. In the Old Testament, you heard phrases like this. He says, uh, he says to make your path straight. He said, don't deviate to the right or to the left. And that's kind of in metaphorically speaking what he's telling to do them literally is that you set your sights focused solely on what the Lord calls you to do and you don't get distracted by what everything else is going on. Don't get distracted by what the world's doing over here. Don't get distracted for what Satan's trying to lure you with over here. But set your sights on what it is the Lord has called you to do and just keep going straight. He says you need to learn to stay focused. But he also, as you go out to the wild, out, go outside, you need to learn to trust my leadership. Learn to trust my leadership. In verse number five, it says, in whatever, uh, in, uh, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking uh, what they provide. For the labor deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house, Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. He says, I want you to trust my leadership. I'm sure they were going and they were thinking, man, we ain't got no money. We ain't got no snacks. We ain't got no extra clothes. We ain't got no place to stay. We don't have nothing. And so they had to completely trust the Lord. They had to completely trust his leadership. And he gave them a sign. He gave them a way for them specifically in this uh, situation 
to understand where it is they were supposed to stay. You would enter a house and you would say peace to this house. And if someone was there that was worthy, someone that uh, there that was a fellow disciple or a future disciple or someone that the Lord had prepared beforehand for you to stay, then that peace would come from him. But if not, that would, it would return to you or return to them. And Jesus gave that as a way for them to know uh, where they should stay. And so they had to trust the Lord's leadership. And isn't it good to know that as the Lord was sending them out, and even as Jesus was saying, I want you to go to a place, to a town where I'm about to go visit, but isn't it good to know that the Holy Spirit had run ahead and the Holy Spirit had got things in order. The Holy Spirit had impressed on the hearts of the people there that if they were to be received there, there was someone there to receive them. And so they trust that the Holy Spirit was before them and that they were setting all these things up. And so they trusted the Lord's leadership in knowing where they would want to go and also that they would be provided for. He said, eat whatever it is that they put before you. Now, I remember one time we went down all the way down in those far reaches of, uh, of Mexico. And uh, there were these families there that wanted to feed us. And uh, every morning, every evening as we go to eat, we just wondered what in the world would we eat? And I always remembered these verses because some of that stuff was a little bit suspect. Some of that stuff was something I'd never seen before and were colors I'd never seen food be before. But you know, you had to trust the Lord and that what he was providing for it and be content with what it is that he gives to you. And that's a hard thing for us to sometimes because we have ideas about what we want and what we want the Lord to provide for us. And we have taste and we think that the Lord should provide in accordance with those things. But in trusting the Lord's leadership, we need to understand that the Lord gives us what it is that we need. And we should be content with what it is that he has been provided for us. And we should be grateful for it. So we should trust the Lord's leadership. And nextly, he tells us something that I'm sure a lot of y'all want to tell me every week, and that is stick to the message. Stick to the message. Listen to what he tells them next. He says, um, <clears throat> he tells them in, um, in verse number nine, he says, heal the sick and in it, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. He said, stick to the message. And notice the message has two parts. It has two elements. First of all, it has an active element. It has an act of ministry. He says, when you enter in the town, when you go into the house, I want you to heal all the sick that were there. I want you to do something that's going to let them know that the God is there, that God is among you. I want you to do something that is generous. I want you to do something that's going to meet them needs and let them know through actions that God loves us. And so God has not given us all the authority to heal all the sick, 
But the Lord gives us other ways, in other ways that we could show people the love of God. One of the times when they were being asked about the kingdom of God, Jesus talked about them being divided from the left and the right and the sheep and the goats. And on the one side, he would say, you know what? You know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was in prison, you came to see me. And they were like, when did we all do those things? And he said, as you've done it to the least unto me, at least unto these, you've done it for me. God has all given us talents and abilities and resources that we can use to minister to those around us. And every time we do, whether it be giving of something physical, whether it just be a visit, whether it be a prayer or anything like that, something that shows them that the kingdom of God is near to them. So it's an action but it's also speech. It's also a word. And the word that they were to give is that the kingdom of God was near. In other words, the kingdom of God for them literally was just a few miles behind them because Jesus was coming and Jesus was going to reveal them and they were going to get to see him. And they were going to get to see him work and for us, the message that we deliver to the people is not that the kingdom of God is near, but rather the kingdom of God has come. And we share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has the opportunity of salvation is near to them. And as we reveal to them and share with them, the Holy Spirit comes to, I mean, the person of Jesus comes to the person of Jesus and touches their heart. You see, as we share the love of Jesus to the people around us. Jesus is right there with us. And he's opening the hearts of the lives of the people that we witness to. He says, stick to the message. And the next thing he tells them, he says, you need to get ready for how to handle rejection. Get ready on how to handle rejection. He tells them, he says in verse number 10, it says, but whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. As much as it's hard for us to believe, as we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and how wonderful it is, that he provides a way for us to have salvation and that he provides for us a way to have eternal life and that he offers us love and joy and peace. Some people just don't want it and some people don't want to hear it and some people just want to run you out of town. And in those times, we seem to get want to get angry. We want to do something. We want to call down fire. We want something bad to happen to these people. We want to respond, and we want to talk about how stupid they are. But what does Jesus say to us? He said, look, just get up, 
dust off your feet, and move on. Because they can say yes or no. They can reject Jesus, and they can say they don't believe, but you know what? They can't change reality. And the reality is the kingdom of God is near. The reality is that Jesus is coming back in power. The reality is, is that Jesus will separate us at the end day, on the right and the left, those who received him and those who have rejected him. That is the reality. And their response is not on our shoulders. The only thing that the Lord gives to us is the task that we leave our comforts, that we leave our stagnation, and we go out and we share the truth of Jesus Christ. May we be compelled in our hearts to leave the comfort and to go out and to bring the people in. Because I'm sure that you've noticed, just like me, that the pews are empty in this church and all the other churches around us. And the truth is, we haven't lost church people that just don't seem to have the interest to come back but rather we're waking up to the reality that there's so many people around us that deep down inside have never known Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And so it's time for us to go outside to reach them and to share the message with them and let God do the work through us for his honor and for his glory. Let's pray. And Father, we're so grateful for coming to us and sharing your love with us, for revealing yourself to us and giving us the gift of salvation. And Lord, I just pray. Lord, I'm coming home.